This is the Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little-Jones of MrsChristyJones.com, episode number 123. I am doing a series on grief. Grief and loss is something that affects all of our lives in one way, shape, or form, but we don't like talking about it. Today, we are going to talk to my special guest, Carmen Jones, and her heartbreaking grief of losing a child. Up next on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. This is one of four episodes in a series talking about grief. Grief and loss is so hard. And it's something that we don't like talking about because it's uncomfortable, even though so many of us are affected by loss and grief in our lives. It's just, we don't like the feeling of having to go through the process. So I thought that it would be helpful to have people on the Wife Wisdom podcast who have gone through heartbreaking loss and grief and have survived. I recently just lost my father to cancer and it has been a unbelievable, beautiful, heart-wrenching, just broken in so many different places in my heart type of moment, right? And so I'm really grateful to introduce you to our my special guest today. Her name is Carmen Jones and Carmen is one of my closest dearest friends. She is a thought leader in the marketing and disability space. She is an awesome mom, a cheerleader for women and just has a heart for people. And she's going to share her story today about how she walked through grief after losing her child. So please help me welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast, Miss Carmen Jones. Thank you again for being here on the Wife Wisdom Podcast. Um, You know, the last week, last, last week's episode really just talked about the stages of grief and losing dad, but I really think that this is a topic or an issue that so many people are dealing with, but we don't talk about it. We don't talk about grief because it's one of those things we really wish we could avoid, right? And so um, I know that you have gone through 
this journey that no you're part of this club as a friend said to me you're part of this club that nobody wants to be a part of right where you grieve the loss of the loved one and so I really want to thank you so much for for being here and sharing the story of losing your son and um, I believe that it will open up just not only the conversation, but it will help others who are dealing with the loss of a child or the loss of a parent or a sibling, a, you know, a loved one to grieve and give themselves permission to go through this grieving process. Thank you for having me. And as we've talked about, I'm sending so much love to you. I know that you are the consummate uh, daddy's girl and um, that your heart is healing from such a big loss. So, I, you know, I was thinking of your dad and Deborah and how they were there with me the night with you all mm -hmm. that I found out about my son um, becoming ill and how completely and totally um, awful that day was, but just the kindness shown to us is so appreciated. So. Sending love. Thank you. Thank you. So can you tell us um, a little bit about the journey and um, how the, the process of even going through, you know, dad was battling cancer for a year and, you know, the weaning versus the ripping and you have the experience of the ripping yeah. of losing your son and not really even being prepared, so to speak. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that affected you? Sure. So um, for your listeners, my son was born with significant um, medical complexities. He was termed at one point medically fragile um, due to a lot of, um, you know, dis chronic or um, congenital disabilities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, we just got used to our normal. And as he grew stronger and grew older, um, his, you know, the need for less medical support was evident, you know, we needed less and less. But he still had a trach tube um, in and he was five weeks away from having his airway reconstructed, which would have opened him up for talking and so many other mm -hmm. things. And so um, my children were with my parents uh, in 2009, and the night before I was supposed to leave and go get them, they had an episode where my son's airway became occluded or blocked. He was unable to breathe for a long period of time and was placed on life support for six days and died um, on July 8th. So nothing you know while Marcus had a very um you know our life with him had peaks and valleys I never thought there were a couple times I thought he could pass away but I never really thought he would I thought okay God's gonna carry us and we're gonna get to the surgery and then things will become our different version of normal and so um while his, his needs were intense at times um, we adjusted and the thing that I remember um, when the doctors told us there was no brain activity is just the difficult, gut-wrenching, soul-crushing 
thing. I, I envision myself having to hold him mm-hmm. and watching the line on the monitor go flat. Is that how you say goodbye? Yeah. I didn't know. So they had someone in the um, hospital counsel us on what the day would look like on the last day. And it was just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we left the hospital, we said our final goodbyes, we left the hospital. Um, and then my ex-husband, husband at the time, ex-husband now, and my daughter and I checked into a hotel because we just did not have the capacity mm-hmm. to be around people. And you know, she was watching PBS shows and all those shows reminded us of Marcus. So that was just awful. Yeah. And then it was just the long slog to get from Florida back to Virginia. Um, And, you know, you start thinking, you know, prior to his passing, I was planning his eighth birthday party and now I'm planning a memorial service. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing that can prepare you. I liken it to having someone run up to you. You're blindfolded, someone runs up to you and they, they pull your arm off with no painkiller or any um, warning and you have nothing to prepare you for it. Um, And the key, well, not the key, one of the things that about my temperament is probably a little like yours. I wanted to begin, be very intentional about healing. Yes. And like Marcus's memorial service was on a Tuesday. That Friday, I was in counseling. <laughs> we right. went to family counseling and I was like, okay, let's get the show on the road. Let's start grieving, yeah. But what I've learned and probably many people will understand is that there's no timeline. Yeah. And I, I also discovered grief is like a, a springtime or summer day in Florida. One day it's sunny then the rain comes for about Mm -hmm. an hour and then the sun comes back Mm -hmm. out and you know it doesn't necessarily have to be anything to trigger you um it's just maybe a feeling a recollection just this overarching hovering of sadness and you can't break through the clouds to see the sun again you can't and so i tell people to respect the grieving process like respect grief and if and go through the steps of grief and for me some of the steps were really kind of accelerated some were delayed my the anger phase came out maybe three years after my son passed away I mean I guess in in my case I kind of (laughs) hop I leapfrogged over a couple but the the final big anger phase I had some doses of it but where I had to confront some things um came out about three years after. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk, let's um, just share a little bit about the different phases. So there's the denial and the isolation phase, which is the first phase. Then there's the anger phase. Then there's the bargaining, what they call bargaining. We'll talk about that. Then they have the blaming um, and or even depression phase. And then of course, acceptance. And so the idea that you were even mentioning is that you can bounce back and forth from any of these phases throughout the whole entire journey, which takes years for some. And so continue with, you know, it took three years till you got to the anger phase, which is really interesting. So um, did you know about the phases before you entered them? I knew about the phases because when I had my car accident, 
someone told me about them, but I didn't actively you know, research the stages of grief. Okay. I read enough books. I read books uh, and listened to songs and, you know, was in counseling by myself and then counseling for my daughter. I, I wanted to read books or hear stories about how people overcome pain and bounced back. Yeah. Um, one of the books I read was by Elizabeth Roberts, who was the wife of John, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Edwards, who was the wife of John Edwards, who was a senator from North Carolina who ran for president. And she had had, you know, her son killed in a car accident. She um, had breast cancer, a, a form of cancer. She dealt with the adultery and end of her marriage from her husband. And I thought, okay, if someone, right. someone who's been dealt with a hard hand, let me see if I can pull any, any learnings from her. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I did bounce around a little bit because I think when you have different levels of awareness, sometimes it kind of resets the stages. Mm. It's not a straight line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I went through bargaining. I remember probably going to acceptance because I had to, I could not, and I shared this with you. I could not wrap my brain around, I will never see my child again. Yeah. Like I could, I could not, I would lay in bed and he would wake up and stand over me and kind of climb up in the bed. I could not wake, I could not wrap my brain around, I'm not gonna see him this side of heaven ever again. Um, so I guess to the listeners, be gentle with yourself, mm -hmm. but be intentional, be intentional because you do not want to look up. It, it made me fearful to consider, I could look up five years from now and be in the same spot. And I did not want that for myself. So um, be intentional about, you know, you're intentional about working out or eating right. Just be intentional about your own healing from the loss of someone you love. Um, that's that's probably the biggest thing that I did. Wow. And, well, well, and then the other thing is I recognized that my friends had their own families and lives. So I couldn't always download my feelings to them. So I was clear I needed to get a counselor because <laughs> someone who I, who I could pay and they could listen. And um, not, it's not so much the payment part, but I, I just needed someone objective and I needed my friends to be my friends, but not always my counselors, so if, if that makes sense. So good. And you know, you said be intentional. So what did you do or what can you do to be intentional with your healing or with your grieving? Because it's, you know, you're so numb, you know, and you don't, sometimes you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. So what can you suggest as practical steps or ways to be intentional about your healing? So I, a couple of things. I, I definitely had a lot of faith pieces to unpack mm. because the theology of what was my reality was, was different than what I knew or had known up until that time about God or was believing about God. So I would not read just mess or listen to messages that made me feel good or inspired I was trying, when I finally could like claw my way back to 
my relationship with God, I was very intentional about being very diverse in what I was reading and, and learning from. Um, because, you know, the typical script, you know, we're going to believe, we're going to trust, and then this will happen. That did not happen for me. And so, and, and it, it had not happened from my car accident, but I tell people that I would take 10 car accidents than lose my son. Yeah. So I had to first deal with my faith and then, and, and I had to acknowledge I felt betrayed by God. Yeah. Um, and then I, and so I had to actively engage that in that, process when you um, um when you were actively engaging in the process because that is so good because i think that especially those of us who are believers um we that's a, a really difficult space because to be mad at god angry at god be feel like betrayed don't like him anymore don't want anything to do with him don't want to pray don't want to worship don't want to do any of these things how do you intentionally deal with your faith and not allow your feelings to just take you out of the game. So one of the things I did was I made a list of all the prayers God answered. So good. And I would just kind of add to the list or review the list and just recognize, and, and, and I knew his character, right? So because I knew his character, I was, I, and I would just say, Lord, I don't know how this is. I, I talked to God like that. I don't know how this is going to work out for good, but your word tells me that all things. So Marcus's passing is one of the all that is works out for good. So that will work out for good. So I just had to focus on what he had done and not so much on what I had lost. Mm. And when I shifted my focus, I could see a thread of faithfulness that even in the midst of massive disappointment I could see God's thumbprint on so many things in my life and I just would say Lord if you can get me through this I can trust you to get me to that and that and it was just active like that and it wasn't every day you know I I, I wasn't legalistic about it like today I have to journal for 60 minutes no it, a lot of times I couldn't pray I didn't even want to pick up my Bible if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I've shared with you, there was an, a record uh, album from a man, a Christian singer named Stephen Curtis Chapman, whose six-year-old daughter was killed in his driveway when his son did not see her. And, you know, I kind of followed it, the story before Marcus died. And then when Marcus, and then how they handled it as a family. And um, when Marcus died, about five months later, the album came out and it's called Beauty Will Rise. And every song in there is a prayer of his heartbreak and their family's heartbreak. Um, and I would listen to it and I would, all I could do is sing the lyrics to those songs mm -hmm. as prayers. And that's, that's all I had and God accepted wow. what I had. Wow, so good. That is so, so powerful. And so you first, um, to be intentional, you dealt with your faith. Then what was the second thing that you did? Counseling. Okay. Support. I went to counseling and I joined for a little bit. There's a group called Grief Share mm. um, that's 
throughout the country and it's run through churches to help people um, with their grief. Um, so I, I did that. And then I think the biggest shift was, or one of the biggest shifts within a year, I, my ex-husband and I went to a retreat for couples who've lost their children that was hosted by a couple who had lost two of their, two of the three of their children. Mm. And I'll send you their story. It's quite wow. amazing. Um, and they just poured their hearts and created a space for us to heal. And, you know, there was laughter and some fun times, but I remember when we, it was in Tennessee, it's called the Respite Retreat. And it's by David and Nancy Guthrie. And I remember when we got to the facility and I saw all these boxes of tissue all over and I thought, ugh, this is <laughs> gonna be the most awful weekend, ugh. But every couple told the story about their child and there was a camaraderie that you weren't by yourself. And that brought a lot of support. And then I'm friends still with two of the couples that um, I met that weekend and that's pretty cool. That's and it's nice. been nice to see everyone, you know, we honor and celebrate our children who are with the Lord, but we're healed. You know, mm. the other thing I would say is the milestones of like the first, the, the milestones period can be hard, like birthdays, first Father's Day, first Christmas. Yeah. All those days are awful. Mm. At least they were for me. Um, and because I could say for that first year, well, this time last year, we did this. Yeah. And, but then when I passed the first year, I couldn't do that. And so that was awful. Um, so I had, you have to kind of wade through that. Um, now I'm rambling, but you know, it, it, it is a process, but I think undergirding it all is being intentional and having support. Yes. And one of the things I would say to people who are walking alongside someone who's grieving is to just ask them, can you tell me more about your dad? Or can you tell yeah. me more about your son? Because people don't know what to say. And, you know, they kind of look at you and then they tilt their head with this like puppy, <laughs> puppy dog face. And, and, you know, it's, and they want it, they don't want to say anything to upset you. I think that's the yes. main thing. Or they can't imagine what you're feeling. And so they don't want to get near it. Right. And I was, I remember the first Thanksgiving without Marcus and we were on a trip um, with uh, some folks and no one mentioned Marcus. And I was really upset. Like wow. it was the elephant in the room to be, you know, we're, we're celebrating our first major holiday without him. No one's talking about him. Everyone's shying away from it. And I just felt really in my feelings, but I later learned they did not want to upset us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great, um, a, a great suggestion because I think because grief is something that grief and loss is something that we all deal with regardless of if it's a, if it's somebody that we lose in our life or like 
a job or a, a home that's been in a fire or an earthquake or, you know, I mean, there's so, so loss is something that we all will deal with, but nobody knows what to say. Nobody right. knows how to respond, you know, outside of, oh, sorry for your loss, you know, sending you my condolences. Like, what does that mean? Right. right. But right. I love, you know, there's definitely a joy that I have when people ask me about my dad or, of course. you know, you know, like, oh my, you know, even the stories, do you remember Marcus? And he had the picture of our family and like, there's certain things like in his room and you're like, what are you doing with this? Like, it was so great, like being able to share stories and, and talk about it. But it's interesting because that's not always great for people mm-hmm. who are grieving. Mm-hmm. Like I have several members in my family who do not want to hear stories they do not want to see pictures. They do not want to see videos. And they just want to be in that isolation space. And that's okay too. And I think that even, you know, as a parent, as a mom, as a, you know, at the time as a wife, allowing other people to grieve the way they grieved, how yeah. did you do that? Or how did you? Or did you know what to do or how to do it to allow your daughter to grieve and then your husband and then how to support them and yourself at the same time? Can you talk a little bit about how that? Sure. So I, you know, Natalie was five turning six when Marcus passed and she was very vocal. So I had to kind of meet her where she was, but I knew I could not do it all by myself. I'm managing my grief and trying to manage her grief you call me the outsource queen so (laughs) I had to outsource that role um Carlton was not able to join us in that process um so as a result he had his own way of managing it and you know when it was clear that we were not really on a parallel track in our grief Um, I just had to focus on my daughter. I had to get my oxygen mask on so I could help her get hers on. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, for me and for Natalie, it brought us great comfort to be in spaces in the house or see toys or something that Marcus played with or, you know, occupied. And for Carlton, that wasn't the case. And so what I do know for sure is you got to go through the process. And you have to, as I said, respect grief and recognize grieving takes energy. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of energy. I was, I'm amazed when I look back and I'm like, how did I pay bills and go to work and drive my child around and do all these things? I don't know how I did it. It was the grace of God. It was the Holy Spirit. For sure. It was supernatural. Um, But I know that... I had to still do it and make her life as normal as I could. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that grief will follow you. If you don't address it and deal with it, it's going to follow you. So if you are in another continent, if you are, you know, whatever you do, if you think, if you try to fill your life with all these other things, but you still don't pay attention to that process, it's not going anywhere. Wow. And that's where I think a lot of people get stuck. They think if I move, if I do this, if I do that, 
then it'll speed the grieving process up. In my experience, that's not the case. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, and you've seen my journey. Yeah. Somehow, mm -hmm. some way, and I don't know how it happens, the promise, I, I can't remember what scripture it's in. I think it's in Psalms. My mourning has been turned into dancing. Yeah. My sorrow has turned into joy. I don't cry as every day. There are times I still do cry, yeah. but not the wrenching, sobbing, heart hurt on the floor, yeah. tears. Um, I don't get, I like having little things in my house that remind me of Marcus. Um, and sometimes I try to think through like, what would he be like if he were here? And also what would my life be like if he were here? Yeah. And I'm not quite sure, but I do know God, God gave me little assurances through this process. Cause I was very worried. Like, well, who takes care of the children in heaven? Oh, like, of course. You know? <laughs> of course. And um, God, has given me little nudges of I got it <laughs> right. He's okay. and and I had to accept that wow that's beautiful I think um you know that's going ha not avoiding the process I think is so key but really the the courage even it takes to go through the grieving process, not over it, not around it, not under it, but through it, it does take courage because it's uncomfortable and it's heavy and it's, you know, but I think that, like you said, I love that grief takes energy. Absolutely. It takes a lot of energy. Absolutely. And, you know, it's only been nine days when we recording, when we're recording this since I've lost my dad. And I can tell you that you know, the heaviness is real and the, mm -hmm. you know, in the moment, like just coming out of nowhere is real. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I do embrace the joyful moments yeah. um, as well as not being afraid of the grieving moments, but mm -hmm. just um, allow them to be what they are. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, the boohoo crying and the, you know, and then the laughing two seconds later is, <laughs> is very, you know, all over the place but it's just part of the journey like you said and so um any final suggestions or encouragement thoughts for our listeners who are grieving the loss of a loved one in particular a child celebrate your your relative um say their name mm -hmm. Don't avoid saying their name. Um, coach people on what you need. Um, like you would hear, I know, and I thank God for you, Christy, for so many reasons, but I, there were times where you could hear in my voice, like the single mom angst of overwhelm and yeah. you would say okay let Natalie come over this weekend I got her and I would have the whole weekend to myself I didn't know what to do sometimes I just ride around I'd go to Panera and like sit there with my laptop and do something but just to be off and and you have to have you have to let enough people in to be able to support you um and 
respect grief. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't say that enough. That just dropped into my spirit one day. You have to respect grief because grief will, you know, like a dog holding you around, <laughs> will drag you around and you will feel crazy, but yeah. you got to respect it. Like if I saw a pit bull that was wild, I'd be like, Hey, how, how are you? <laughs> all right. And <laughs> Right. And I would stay calm, but I would respect the fact of what that dog could do. So respect grief and be intentional. Yeah. Just be intentional, whatever that is for you. For me, I'm a self-help type person. Yes. So I want to immerse myself in all the strategies to feel better um, or to learn tools to feel better. But with every person, just find out what that intentionality looks like and don't avoid it. Do not avoid the grieving process. Yes. Yeah. That's and so don't good. be afraid if you feel like you know you're not a crier I'm a crier so this isn't hard for me you're a crier <laughs> but for people who will who are like I don't cry or all that stuff and you feel like right at the tipping point yeah. like you're gonna burst and you're afraid let it go yeah. let it out get it out so because good. it's not healthy to internalize it and I can say unequivocally with Jesus I, I have hope in heaven. I have a deposit in heaven because Marcus is there. I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to meet Jesus. But to be able to see my son again makes me thrilled. Mm. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of crazy and morbid. but And that's not the intention. But there is hope in, in our, because of our faith. There is a hope of heaven. And that inspires me. Yes, that is so good. I love it. Thank you so, so much for just sharing the, the journey further along for many of us, in particular me in this process and knowing that it's okay. It's normal. It is, I'm not alone. And um, that you will get to a point where you're not crying so much where you, you know, you still will see different um, things that remind you of them. And you may have moments of crying, but it's not as much as it was mm -hmm. in the beginning. And mm -hmm. that there is a, it, it's a, it's an ongoing process, but that you do get to a place of healing. And, um, and, and that is such good news because when you're in the thick of the grief, you just feel like, oh no, is this yeah. what life is going to be like? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like? And then knowing that when you come out of the fog, that the sun is there, the sun is shining. Yes, yes, oh, yes, yes. It's, it's true. God showed me I had to take a flight somewhere when I was in the newness of my grief journey. And we, you know, when you ascend in the clouds and you get choppy yeah. and it's, you know, there's overcast and then you get over the clouds and there's sun. And that's what it's been like on this grief journey that when you break through the clouds and the emotions and the uncertainty that there is sun, the sun is always there no matter what. And that I had to remember that the S-O-N is always there no matter what. Wow. So beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you so much, sis. You're Love welcome. you so much. Love you Thank too. You for sharing. Love you. Thank you. Welcome to the Wife Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Little-Jones. I'm a relationship coach, a marriage and family champion, and the chief cheerleader for women all over the world. 
The Wife Wisdom Podcast is a real conversation designed to help you cultivate the heart of a wife. If you are single and desire to be married, if you are newly married and want to thrive as a wife, or if you are a seasoned wife and just need a little encouragement staying a wife, you are in the right place. If you are new to our podcast, woohoo! Welcome to the family. I am thrilled that you are here. And if you are already a part of my tribe and you don't already know, I love and appreciate you. The Wife Wisdom Podcast with Christy Little Jones was created to help you cultivate the heart of a wife by giving you practical tools, tips, and techniques to live happily ever after. Well, at least most of the time. (laughs) So until next week, keep learning, keep listening, and keep love first. Bye-bye.